if y'all would stand with me and we're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 13, 1 through 8. Hebrews 13, 1 through 8. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. And it says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if we were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourself was suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexuality and morals. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be con- content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Y'all may be seated. I just want to give a big thanks to everyone that called, texted, sent gifts to us through the mail. I just, you don't know how much we appreciate every bit of it. And it was greatly used every day. And I appreciate you all. And I appreciate everybody holding on while we were gone. (laughs) And we weren't here. (laughs) I appreciate that too. And y'all just still be much in prayer for Paul and myself as we still have a a big road to climb. It's okay. But it's all good. Well, as you can tell, she's been my nurse, my caregiver. Uh, she's not left my side for four months. Can y'all believe that? Now, she's going back to work Tuesday, and I don't know what's going to happen at the house. But we have a, secur- a security system there, so I'm sure she'll be checking in on me uh, from time to time to see how everything goes. But we do appreciate each and every one of you. I've been thinking for a while on what I wanted to preach, and God uh, blessed me with these words this morning. And I want to be able to share those with you here in just a few moments. But right now, I'd like to ask Charles Burnett. Uh, to lead us in a word of prayer. Brother Charles. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. In times that you need God, praise God He's there. Amen? Amen. Praise God that He never, no matter how busy He is in His life, that He takes time to be there for you. And for you to be able to feel that special strength that only comes for God. And you know, we know, I, I figured out in the last few months, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's with you every step of your life. Through times of grief, through times of sorrow, through times that you're not sure exactly what's going to happen. We know something. And this is going to be a big amen. God has a plan, right? Amen. God knows what you need. 
God knows the direction of your life. Now, I think we all can believe in some things. We all have a past, don't we? We all have things in our past that has molded and shaped you in to the person you are today. It has helped you to become the person you are today. Yesterday is a very scary time. Because we've all experienced things in our life that we didn't really understand why they had to be a part of our lives. We didn't understand why they had to come upon us. I've heard some people say, I don't deserve this. Why am I going through such grief when somebody else is living a happy and carefree life? But I believe that God has a plan in the past, right? God has a plan in your past to be able to share with you what He needs from you today. We have some good things that we've experienced in our past. Praise God for those, right? Remember those days when God blessed you, when God took care of you, and we said, only by the grace of what? Of God, I made it through. Only by the grace of God. Now, we also had times in our past where we wish we could just erase, right? Things that have happened, situations that we have dealt with, things that we don't understand why. This past few months, Sheila and I have been through that past that seemed like it was never going to end. One of the things that I realized when you go into hospital, when they say you're going to be there a week, guess what? It's at least two or three. And when they say you're going to be there approximately a month, it's approximately what? Two months. You have to rely upon them. One of the things that I've learned, and I think Sheila will amen me on this, I have a whole lot more patience now. Because when you want to get out of the bed, you can't get out of the bed. You had to beep somebody and tell them to come and see me. For almost two months, I had two big boxes that I drug around all over the hospital. For almost two months, listen to this, couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. Somebody had to come and take me to the restroom, and I was there by myself, and different things that happened. Our past molds and shapes us, and we can find good things from that, can't we? We can find things that help us build upon patience, help us build on relying upon God, help us to improve our prayer life, help us to be able to listen to what God's will is in our heart and our life. October the 1st seems like forever ago, but I had got home from work that afternoon and hadn't been feeling well for a few months. I noticed that uh, my jacket didn't fit anymore. I didn't breathe very well anymore. But as a man, I had this thought. You know what it was? Toughen up. Take your medicine. You're going to be okay. Well, I did that for a few months. Uh, Well, it wasn't working exactly. So I came home one Friday afternoon. Sheila Mills looked at me and said, you're going to the doctor. And guess what I said? No, it's all right. It's all right. We'll be okay. Nothing wrong. She said, no, get in the truck. So I got in the truck, driving to T.J. Sampson, went into the pavilion there, and the doctor came in. You know how those doctors, after they run tests on you, you notice how their facial expressions change? doctor looked at me and said, you're going in the hospital. Guess what I said? No, no, I I think I'll be okay at home. And the doctor said, no, no. So we went into T.J. Sampson. I was there for a couple days. They ran a cath on me. I'd heard others tell me about caths that they had, like Randy Davis over there. 
And they, Randy could go into the hospital and he'd get one of those stents put in and look at him. He looks really good. He'd come back feeling good. I thought, well, I'll just go in there and get that done and we'll go home. I asked the doctor, when can I go home? He said, probably tomorrow. I was like, okay, sounds good. So I got in there and they did the cath. Doctor looked at me and says, you're going to have to go to Nashville. And I said, well, what's going on, doc? He says, you're too far gone for me. So they could put me in an ambulance. Lordy be, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> Driving down 65, going 100 miles an hour backwards. That's so much fun. And Sheila Mills behind me. She was driving 95 and 100, and police would be there, and she'd just keep going. She'd keep going. We got down in Nashville, all those big buildings everywhere. I couldn't hardly, I couldn't breathe good anyhow, but that really, really made me not be able to, to breathe. We went in, talked to the doctors. They were nice, the nurses that were nice. Let me tell you something that we all take for granted. Those nurses in a hospital do more work than anybody else. They take care of you from the, when the sun rises to the sun sets and all night long. And I remember going in there and still hearing in my head I was going home when? Tomorrow. I'm going home tomorrow. I'm going to be back at the house where I can breathe, where I can be in my comfort zone, where I don't hear helicopters everywhere and police everywhere and ambulances everywhere. The doctor did a catheterization on me uh, the next day, and he said that I'd had, in the past, three or four heart attacks. And I asked doctor, how do you have a heart attack and not know anything about it? So we went on from there. The doctor came in to see me, and that was an interesting time. The doctor came in, told me I was going to have to have open-heart surgery, I was going to have to have an MRI, which I had heard about those things. And I said, Doctor, I really don't want an MRI. I, I'm a little claustrophobic. I don't like being in those little things. The doctor said, well, okay, don't do it and you'll die. Let me tell you, that gets you thinking, doesn't it? He said, I'll send you home and you can have hospice. And I said, no, we'll, we'll do the MRI. And I went through the MRI and I was praying and I was singing I was doing everything and breathing when she told me to breathe and all those type of things. We got it done and find out we had open heart surgery. I had a four bypass surgery. Uh, I thought I would be fine and dandy. Wake up. Uh, as you all know, you can amen this. Your preacher's stubborn, isn't he? Amen? amen? Very stubborn. That's the social worker that comes out of me. I'd been laying in that bed forever, had that breathing tube down my throat. I woke up, decided the breathing tube didn't need to be there. Guess what I did? We yanked her out. Yanked her out. The doctors and the nurses ran back in there. and They were saying this and that and the other. And I said, I'm sorry. I was going down a deep, dark path I didn't want to be on. And I was seeing things that I didn't need to see. And it came out. So the open heart surgery did not work. They had me on a... Another thing that helped my heart to continue to, to pump and those type of things. They talked about, a, what was it, an RVAC or something like that, that they were going to place in. The doctor said, it's not going to work because your right heart can't pump over to the left heart. That your, your heart is only pumping at 10%. And I said, okay, what are we going to do? He said, we're going to leave this in here for a few days. 
Well, then I got infected. And they had to take it out. And the doctor came back in and says, your only way to continue living is to have a heart transplant. Now, I'd heard about heart transplants. I didn't know much about a heart transplant. I knew that people had made it through heart transplants before. So I looked at Sheila, and Sheila looked at me. Uh, she, of course, was, what do you think she was doing? She was crying, and I said, honey, what do you want to do? She said, you're getting a heart transplant. So for the next month, they prepared me. For my heart transplant. I, I, they, they know every part of my body. Down there at Vanderbilt. There's nothing that they haven't took a picture of. Or poked. Or whatever. I've, I lost all sense of dignity. Uh, while I was there. Uh, they, they, the nurses were great. But they knew everything about me. All, all through that time. Got all my tests done. Did all those type of things. And then for two to three weeks. I had a situation with bleeding a little bit. And I told the doctor what it was. He didn't believe me. Three weeks later, he came in and told me the exact same thing that I had just told him. And he said, we're going to list you on the transplant list. He said, you're going to be number one in the United States. And I said, how come? He said, well, you've got these two machines that you're lagging around. You can't live without them. You can't go home with them. So we'll put you there. The next day, 24 hours later, God saw fit out of somebody else's misery of losing someone. God saw fit to have a heart ready for me. I went in and got that heart. For the next two days, you didn't want to be around me. I lost my mind. I was talking out of my head. There was people coming to kill us. There was bugs on the wall. Uh, there were people with guns in the closets. There was everything. The doctor and the nurses told me that most people have those, but most people don't remember them. I remember every step. And then finally, I woke up out of it. We went through all kinds of different things of, of, of physical therapy, speech therapy, all kinds of different things. I still have a little shake in the hands, but they're getting better. That's from the medicine that I'm on. You all talk to Sheila, see how much medicine we're on. We're, we, she's got it down, though, and you've got to take it at a certain time every day, or they know you don't take it, and you'll get a call from Vanderbilt uh, telling you you need to do those things. So we stayed there till uh, the see on Christmas Eve Eve and was able to go home. Last time we'd seen the kids was on October the 9th, uh, because I was on October the 10th, on Sheila's birthday. They came down. They actually let me go down to the cafeteria and see them, uh, and all those type of things. We had the surgery on October the 11th. But God continued to work with us. Uh, Sheila's truck was broken into while we were down there. Guess the only thing they took? My car keys. I have no idea why. So I lost my post office key. My car key, my key to get in the house, and the key to get in and work. So I just told Sheila, I said, I don't need any of those right now, but I'll need them in the, in the future. So God took care of that. So today, I can learn a lot from the past. I knew, you know, a lot of folks said, how did you go through it? And my, my definition is this. I didn't go through it by myself. I had God with me. 
every day. I had a church that was praying for me every day. I had a wife that was there every day when I would sleep two or three hours. She sat right there in that chair right beside me. Had a lot of things that, that people were sharing. And I remember Sheila, Sheila took my phone for two months. She was so excited to have that thing because my phone's pretty active most of the time. And she got to reply to all these things. But I started hearing from people saying that they're praying for me all over the place. I started having people, you know, you, don't, you hear this every once in a while, but I started having people tell me they loved me and they wanted the best for me. And I remember on those days, I had some days that, you know, a little down on different things. But I remember on those days how God picked me up. And you're not going to believe this, but Sheila can verify it for me. I never felt a pain through all those three surgeries, through all those times of having my chest opened up, through all of those tubes that they put in me. Used to be when I was a little boy, I was scared to death of a needle. And I would hide, and mom and dad had to come and get me and put me back on the table. Needles just became a commonplace for me. At one time, I had a whole list of things down through here beside me. Sheila can show you pictures, but it's not something you really want to see. And I would have to get up and walk with all those things, and the nurse would come in and she'd say, Mr. Mills, it's going to hurt. And I said, well, let's just do it. And she put me on the side of the bed, and all of a sudden, guess what I could feel? God's arms all around me, and God picking me up. We can learn a lot from the past. You have too. You've lost people in your life that are near and dear to you. People that meant so much to you and took care of you in the past. People that were there for you to give you strength, to give you comfort, to give you understanding. Let me tell you what. Praise God for those folks. Amen? Amen. Praise God for those people that led you to know what was important in your life. And even when we leave some of our folks behind. I, I remember when my mom and my dad passed away. People said, how are you going to be able to go on? And I remember to myself, I said, you know, God is going to have a plan. God is going to be able to deliver me from this, make me stronger from this, and help me grow. Things in your past have been difficult. Things that you have faced. But praise be to God. God never what? Never leaves us. And never forsakes us. He is there every step of the way. Even when in the past maybe you turned your back upon God. Even when you said to yourself, I can do it my way and my way's better. Let me tell you what I figured out in life. My way is not better than God's way. God knows best. God knows why you're there. When you're faced with situations in your life that seem so difficult and hard to, under, uh, uh, over to be able to overcome, you have to realize that it is God who is leading you and guiding you and going to give you. If God puts something on you, be well assured of this. He will give you the strength to be able to overcome it. If, what? If you listen to Him. And you do it God's way. So today, what do we do? Well, I can tell you, uh, as I was leaving the hospital, I looked at Sheila and I said, thank God for this day. You know why? 
I didn't think that day would ever come. I didn't think I'd ever leave. I, every morning when I get up now, I know I'm living on borrowed time. I know that God still has a plan for this church and for our ministry that has taken place in the last year or so. Don't take today for granted. Understand today, you need to love who? You need to love your family. You need to love God. You need to love people around about you. One of the things you have to realize today is tomorrow is not what? It's not a given. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in what? Be glad in it. Let us put aside those. I, it was amazing sitting there in the hospital. I got to watch more TV. Of course, my favorite show was Andy Griffith. You know, I, I, just, I just watched him all the time and I learned things. Even when I was out of it one day, I called for two people, Sheila says. I called for Andy Griffith. And Bobby Maxwell, who's KSP, and I'd call for them and ask them to come and help me and bring me through. We watched a whole lot of TV, and there's been a whole lot of things happening in the last four months, right? I went through a tornado in the hospital. I went through different, they had the biggest snow ever in Nashville. And let me tell you what, Bruce and Shirley, I love you to death. But those people in Tennessee don't know how to drive, do they? They, they, they just don't when it comes to snow. And I've seen all kinds of things. And one of the things that this, Today, and I watched, is how much animosity is in the world. How much people just cannot get along. How that people's got an opinion about everything, don't they? And it's not filtered what they say. And they don't care who they hurt. And they don't care how much that is going to destroy families. And how much it's going to destroy relationships. I want each and every one of us to know for sure. God every day is with you. God sees what you say. God sees what you type. God sees what you text. God sees everything in today. So what do we do about today? Well, we know that yesterday was there. We know all the things we went through yesterday. But today, we just start afresh and anew, don't we? Remembering what our past and the knowledge our past has given to us. But today, live for God. And everything that you do, if people are special to you, guess what you need to do? Amen. You need to call them. You need to talk to them. You need to go to their house. You need to let them know how much they mean to you. How important they are to you. And let them know no matter what. I had an uncle one time when talked to one of my other uncles. And I, I asked one of my uncles one day, I said, why can't you all talk? He said, honestly, I can't remember. We just don't like each other. Well, that's not something to hang over your head, is it? It's something you have to be able to move forward in your life. And to know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, today is a day that you need to work on your relationship with your family. Today is the day you need to work together on your relationship with God. Today is the day that you work on all of those things in your life. Maybe it's somebody at work. We've all had people at work that's hard to love. Amen? We've all had people you go, Oh, Lord, if they could just go on vacation for a week, everything would be all right. But let me guarantee you something. You want them to be in heaven with you. Amen? You want them to see what a Christian is all about. Today... 
Rejoice in the Lord. Today, receive His blessings. And know today is something that God is pleased in, in you and how you deliver His message to others. Also, what about, what about the future? I don't know anymore, do you? I don't know what the future looks like. It changes all the time. It's something that seems to be a revolving door, right? You never know. I, when I was young, I never thought that I'd grow up in a society where a man married a man, right? But today, God's Word still says what? A man marries a woman. And a woman, what? Marries a man. And when you're born, if you're a boy, you're a boy the rest of your life. And when you're born and you're a girl, you're a girl the rest of your life. But our society today says, in the future, watch what you say. Watch where you go. Don't cross that line. Don't say any of those things that could hurt someone. Let me tell you. You remember when Jesus got all upset with the people and how they were treating the temple? Was he happy? No, he was not. He wanted to let them know that when you step aside from God's direction, that vengeance is who? Is his. We are not supposed to judge others, are we? It's up to God and Jesus to judge others. But we as Christians in the future have to stand up for what? For what is right. And we have to be willing to do God's will. What about yesterday? Well, to me it seems like a long time ago. I've only been home a week, but it seems like a whole different world. Now, I still got to go back down to Vanderbilt, and they're going to do some other blood work and some other different colonoscopy. I hope God not. I drunk 10 gallons of that stuff. <laughs> 10 gallons of that stuff. My nurse even put lemonade in it and kept it cold, and it still uh, didn't work the best going down. But they're going to do all kinds of different things to me. But I, in the future... Wherever you go, whatever you do, know that you can rely upon God. So, I said today is, today is the day. It's given right now. It's, uh, well, I'll preach a little too long, but it's almost 11 o'clock. This is not, 12 o'clock's not a given. 3 o'clock's not a given. Tonight's not a given. Tomorrow is definitely not a given. So today, what needs to change? Do you need to turn your heart and life over to God? Amen. I've uh, talked to some folks before, and you know all preachers get to this most of the time when you ask them this question. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus? And some folks have said this to me before. You know, I'm not sure. Well, let me tell you what. You need to make sure. Amen. You need to make sure today you need to say to, to God, I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know what troubles is going to come to my life or in my family's life or in the world's life. But today I'm going to make sure that what? Heaven is my home. So today, if you need to pray, I know a lot of folks have been a little scared to come around the preacher and don't tell them at Vanderbilt, I've got my mask off, okay? Don't, don't, don't call. They call with a survey say. Well, let me let you talk to him, okay? I'll be the one. 
be able to talk to them. But if you need salvation, I'll be glad to pray with you. I'll be glad for, to talk to you about the love of Jesus Christ. And how that He can come into your life. And no matter what you face, you may say today, well, Preacher, I just don't know. You don't know what's going on in my life. Well, let me tell you what. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I've seen what God can do in the past four months. And He can do it for you when you turn your heart and life over to Jesus. Now maybe today is a great day. Maybe today is the day you want to join Bethlehem Church. Isn't that a great time? I have people at uh, the hospital would say to me, Now what church do you preach at? And I would say Bethlehem Church. Because they saw me listening and to Sunday school. Didn't Nick do a great job with Sunday school? Isn't that something? And appreciate BJ so much with uh, doing other things. Seal and I was talking one Sunday uh, at the hospital. I remember when BJ didn't want to talk to nobody. He was so shy. He wouldn't, uh, you know, he, I, we finally got him to sing. And then we uh, moved along. And I guess somebody just told him, that's what you're going to do on Sunday morning. He did it. And he, he did a great job. But our church has been through so much in the past year. And why did we do that for? Was it that we wanted to change the church sign outside? Uh, we wanted to change our name? We wanted to do this and that and the other? No. It's because we wanted to do it what? God's way. This church is here for you. This church is a place I hope, I hope you can call home. I hope it's a place that you're not ashamed to tell somebody about. They would ask me down there, they'd say, well, what denomination are you? I remember filling out that form, you know, where if you're a Baptist or you're a Methodist, or whatever that will be. And I love going down there and checking non-denominational. Isn't that great? And I checked that and they'd ask me and some of them would say, what's a non-denomination? I said, well, we have our own bylaws and we do it God's way. And we do it God's way. So today or in the future, if you decide Bethlehem Church needs to be your home, We'd love that. We'd love for you to become a member here at the church. So whatever, remember, He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And He's the same forever. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for the opportunity to be able to preach here. We thank You, dear Lord, for all the ones that have Come to church this morning. What an amazing crowd today, dear Lord. We thank you for the uplifting prayers of others. We thank you, dear Lord, for, for truly knowing, no matter what we face, that we can overcome it with your grace and your will in our hearts and our lives. Bless the ones today, dear Lord, that need salvation, that will be willing to be able to step out from where they're sitting. And be able to gather around the altar where they'll have folks praying with them. And bless them, dear Lord, as they make that statement of saying, I know for sure I'm saved. Bless the others, dear Lord, that may have a need to find a church home. Dear Lord, bless them. Help them to decide for themselves this is the place they want to be. Dear Lord, whatever your will needs to be, we invite your presence to us. In your holy in sweetest name we pray. Amen. Join life.